I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as foils attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all the podcasts, and welcome to a brand new Nerd Alert. The first Nerd Alert of 2024. Hey, we made it, everybody. Okay, everyone's excited about that. Uh, yeah, this is the first show of the year, and we're going to kick things off right with uh, taking a sneak peek at what we have to look forward to or what we have to forget is even coming out <laughs> for the next 12 months. This is our uh, traditional first show back because it's kind of an easy one to prep for. This week, we're taking a look at the 2024 theatrical release slate all the movies well not all the movies a handful of the movies scheduled to be released in theaters in 2024 uh we'll go through them give you our thoughts and opinions on each one are we excited to see it are we not excited to see it do we just not care at all uh we'll figure out some kind of rating scale as we go it'll be fun but first let me introduce my co-hosts those who are going to help me determine if a movie is worth watching or not will it get that coveted Jay will go out and see it in a theater star. That's hard to get. That's hard to get. There might be one or two on this list that might get it. We'll find out. So first up, ladies and gentlemen, the man who keeps the nerd in the top nerdy to me network. He's here to learn you something, whether you want it or not. Welcome to the bridge, Commander Scott. So first of all, if you're going to say something during the intro that you want an actual response to, you you may have to tell me because I traditionally don't start speaking till I've been introed. You know, so like the whole who's excited. You, you say that like we have rules on this show. I, I, I operate by rules. They may change from minute to minute. Scott, our, our rules are firmly um, whose line. They are made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm going to try my try and keep my nerd facts simple. Because I know we got a lot to get through. Uh, under under 45 minutes, I swear. Um, hey, under an hour, we're making progress. <laughs> uh, but anyway. So uh, I learned something very interesting the other day that a little bit of it made me giggle. But uh, so NA3 C6 H5 O7. Bingo. Not bingo. Oh. That is a molecular formula for sodium citrate, specifically tri-sodium citrate. Uh, we say try, of course, because that's the new Mountain Dew flavor. It is not the new Mountain Dew flavor. Oh. It is a sodium salt of citric acid. There are three of them, depending on 
how many molecules of sodium you have in it, uh, monosodium, disodium, and trisodium, obviously, but the most common one from what I can tell, and I haven't researched this thoroughly, thoroughly, just kind of gone through trisodium citrate. It's got a number of uses. Uh, uh, one of the, the, the biggest ones, it is, uh, it is it is an alkali, so it reduces the acidity of things. It brings the, the pH of whatever you're, you're doing, uh, you know, uh, up. Um, and um, it, it's used in medicine as a blood clotting inhibitor. It's used for many different things. But its biggest use is in food. Okay? Because you use it uh, as an emulsifier. And it's mainly used, it's used in a lot of things, but one of its biggest uses is in cheese. To allow cheese to melt without being oily, greasy, or clotty. Like, if you've ever just taken cheese, you know, and you, you try to melt it, right? Like, just, like cheddar. You just grab a block of cheddar, you shred it up, you try to melt it. It melts pretty decent, but then it kind of starts to, you know, it, it doesn't just stay like a, that, that nice, clear liquid. But, you know, if you if you get, like, you know, Velveeta or something that's meant to melt, it's it's nice, smooth. You put some milk in with it or some cream. Exactly. It, it, it's because of uh, this... Um, sodium citrate and if you take the numbers out of sodium citrate its initials n-a-c-h-o it spells nacho someone did that on purpose that made me giggle sorry somebody really wanted our initials to spell shield but there you go so that's how you remember how cheese melts so now i want to i want to make some sodium citrate apparently you can get you can you can mix uh, sodium bicarb uh, with um, citric acid uh, and get because uh, so. apparently it doesn't it dissolves well in water, but it it's almost impossible to get it to dissolve in alcohol. So that's what I want to make some. I want to get solubility in, in different concentrations of alcohol. Well, if Scott ever opens a food truck that serves nachos, you'll know where the name comes from. It's just going to be the. Elemental oh. symbols to spell nacho. That would be awesome. I'm a... All right. Finishing out this terrible trio, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via a phone box with a weird antenna on top. Ooh, I'm mixing it up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the doc. Are you not entertained? Is this why you're not here? Sorry. Is this not why you are here? Jesus. Am I going to take two? No, I'm good. Okay. All right, we're good. Roll it. Print it. At at my command, unleash uh, Lucifer. Russell, are you sure you don't want to maybe try that a, a second time? Just you just pick it up from where you left it. My, my, my name is, is, is Maximum Decimal Meridian. Father of a murdered wife, husband to a, a drunken child. And I'll I'll get I'll get vengeance. Who was in charge of Russell Crowe's booze intake? That's, that's who it was. Someone's turn to watch him. It's um. I have a dog. His name is Dog. <laughs> he says Bork Bork Bork. Oh wait! Oh, damn it! Ah, I will attack. He you. had something for this. Pawn the command. Ah, I got it! I got it! I got it! It's coming. We've got this. Bark, bark. I'm a dog. Bark. 
<laughs> Thank you. The, I haven't had to use the soundboard in so long. It wasn't up. Thank you for that uh, uh, great recreation, Jay, of the set of Gladiator 1. That's that's how it happened. I was there. Yeah. I was an eyewitness. Anybody want to interview me? I was an eyewitness. I want to go in the car with them. Okay. Uh, so there you go. That's our host. That's what we're doing. So we have a lot to cover. We are going to jump right in. Boys, stop me whenever. Uh, I'm going to try not to talk too much, but we're going to start at the beginning. The beginning is where it began, and that began in January, specifically January 12th. I hope you guys are sitting down for this. I know you are. But, but. Um, so I, I actually, I was going to see if I could start off here real quick. Oh, okay. Because one of my favorite things from 2023 that, that, that I love that came out was there was some really good uh, PS5 games that I like, but Baldur's 3 technically released, you know, in 2023. What? You have that? A, yeah. That was last week's topic. Yeah, I missed that one. So that, that's oh, what you I just want to just do a take two of the entire last show? No, no, no. You all can do this week's topic. I'll oh. do last week. See, I'll just, I, it's it's going to be a while. I'm going to be a, a week behind you all in topics until somehow I get caught up. No, is that, is that not a good plan? Thank you for your new recurring bit. <laughs> Shit you meant to talk about last week. <laughs> Sorry. Right, so Scott's favorite game of 2023 was Baldur's Gate 3. Okay. Scott, your nerdiest moment of 2023? No. <laughs> No, January 12th specifically, we are getting the movie I know you've all been waiting for, you've all been hyped for, the movie you've all been demanding to finally see. Guys, guys, get in, bitches. We're going shopping. It's Mean Girls. They already did that. The film adaptation of the stage adaptation of the movie from 2000, whenever that came out. Hang on. Wait. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. 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 So I looked at this, <laughs> and I was I was genuinely confused. Mm-hmm. So As this is be. not this is not technically a remake of Mean Girls from two thousand four. It is not a remake or a reboot or a sequel. This is literally so Mean Girls came out. I thought I had the year written down, but I don't. Uh, it That's came cool. out. It was a thing. They then, uh, they being Tina Fey and her husband, turned it into a a. Musical, which eventually ended up on Broadway, Mean Girls the Musical. This is now a film adaptation of the stage musical adaptation of the original movie. Why? This, I, yeah. I agree with the dog in the background. Uh, this was originally slated to come out for Paramount Plus, and then they decided to give it a theatrical run. Um, Tina Fey and Tim Meadows are reprising their roles, and Jenna Fisher from The Office and John Hamm are joining the cast. I had not heard of a single other person in this production, so those are the names that I recognize. I love John Hamm. Yeah, you'll see him again on this list. Don't worry. Well, depending how far we get to the list. Yeah, I was very confused, too. The first time a trailer came out for this, I thought, oh, are they making a sequel to Mean Girls? I was like, oh, no, that's they're just they're just remaking Mean Girls? I was very confused. Yeah, I thought it was a remake, too. Yeah, uh, no, this is... I mean, it, it, it's just a... Uh, sort of a producer's kind of situation of we're not full-out really rebooting or remaking it. We're just doing a different take. Kind of. 
I don't know. I don't get it. And I think the problem with that is I don't think anybody else gets it. So I just don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah that's I, fair. I, I'm I'm with Jay on this one. I I didn't watch the original. I didn't watch the sequel to the original. I didn't watch the reunion in 2020. Uh, I'm not planning on watching this. I've seen the original. I, I don't hate girls too. I have no Sorry. idea. I was gonna say I don't hate the original, but the original is one of those better than it should have been kind of movies. Like it, it was sold as like a you know goofy comedy, but it actually had kind of a like legit message. And like again, written by Tina Fey, so it was good. Uh, and, and I, I don't hate on Mean Girls. I quote it mostly to Coran, but I quote it. Uh, I didn't know there was a sequel. I didn't realize it was a musical, and then I saw this thing, and I was just like. Look, I'm going to paraphrase the movie back to itself, okay? Stop trying to make Fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, Mean Girls 2, 2011. Okay. It, it, was, it was a thing, apparently. I believe you. Okay. Okay. Well, okay, moving on. We're just going to move on. We're just going to go. Jay, this one might be a little more up your alley. Uh, this is from the director, David Ayer, who made End of Watch, The First Suicide Squad, and Sabotage, and Jay, a movie I know you enjoy, Fury, huh? Tank movie, yeah? Starring Jason Statham and Jeremy Irons. It's The Beekeeper. I'd, I'd like to watch Jason Statham in a tank movie. <laughs> Sorry, there's no tank in this movie. Well, okay, there might be a tank. There's no tank in the trailer of this movie. Um... Yeah, here's the plot description. Okay, Jason Statham is a former operative of a clandestine organization called the Beekeepers, whose campaign of vengeance takes on national stakes. It's not a quirky uh, pseudo comedy drama about a lonely guy who keeps bees in his backyard, which is what I thought it was about until I saw the trailer. Plot twist: He's also a beekeeper. Oh. If we don't get him killing somebody with like a bee or a honeycomb, he does in the preview. Does he? In the okay. trailer, he throws a jar of honey at a at like a flaming car, and or like at a flame, and it explodes. And then the other guy's like, "Oh, who'd have thought honey was flammable?" And yeah, there's like an explosion because of honey. I guess. Can you tell what... I watched the trailer once? Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. Okay. I'm not. I saw it once online and then on, like, TikTok. And then I saw it again in theaters for Godzilla Minus One. That's where I saw it, too. I don't hate the premise, but it's not going to get me to go to the theater to go see it. I'll wait for streaming. Yeah, The premise just sounds like we thought of the title first. And we're trying to bend over backwards to make it work. Uh, you don't need to sell me on a Jason Statham on a Swarth of Revenge movie. Um, I feel like you're trying too hard. That's the, yeah, this movie feels like it's trying too hard. The the pitch man was like, okay, hear me out. Jason Statham, Revenge. Great, great idea, but he's a beekeeper. What the fuck? Hey, at this point, I think we could we could just start just randomly throwing out like maybe nouns or something and just make them into Jason Statham movies. Like, you know, the writer and it's just Jason Statham killing people with pens and books and shit. Jason Statham is the phone book. The the, the gardener, the gardener. He's, he's, he's 
taking out the weeds. He's we- Jason, weeding out the bad guys. Jason Statham is the girl next door. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Jason Statham is the garbage man. Jason Statham is the philanthropist. Jason Statham is the quality engineer. <laughs> Jason Statham is the cable guy. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Jason oh, no. Statham is the cart return boy. <laughs> Oi, mate, I see you didn't put your cart in the return. That's my Jason Statham impression. Wow. He talks like that. Yep. Wow. I can't is do this, accents. Leave me alone. Is this your buggy? You left your buggy out of with the, away from the rest of the trolleys. That's that. They call them trolleys in the UK. Yeah. Trolley boy, Jason. This summer, Jason Statham is the trolley boy. Yarp. And just so <laughs> just so we can have a call back in, in 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 the first act when he's when he's at work, you know, he's what he's walking trolleys back in and there's just a random guy there cooking grilling sausages. How's it coming on them sausages? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Now looking at this though, I tell you what, uh while I yeah. may not, you know, make a special trip to see this in theaters, um, I will probably watch this because it has Gemma Redgrave in it. Uh, I think she's gonna be, but okay. streaming for me. I'm just gonna wait for streaming. It's me. I'm at the theater once a month, no matter what, to make sure I get my money's worth out of my Cinemark Movie Pass. So um, I'll see it. Because look, if nothing else, Jay, uh, this has definite potential to show up on our Father's Day special where we talk about dad movies. Because this looks like the kind of movie dad would say, "Let's go see that Jason Statham movie." This is the movie that I I would convince dad to go see, and then we'd move, that was stupid. Yeah, sorry, I move at that. My dad would not know Jason Statham because that 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 bee movie looked kind of cool. Let's go see that movie with the bees, the beekeeper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, moving on then, because uh, like nothing, it's 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 tradition. Nothing good ever really comes out in January. January is kind of a dumping ground of whatever the studio didn't put out last year because they wanted to keep it out of uh, Oscar contention stuff. So moving on, February. I'm actually really excited about this first one, guys. Um, from the director, Matthew Vaughn, the guy behind the Kingsman series and Kick-Ass and X-Men First Class. We're getting another quirky action comedy espionage movie, Argyle, starring Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard, Brian Cranston, Sam Rockwell, Sophia Butella, Samuel motherfucking Jackson. That's his actual legal name. Uh, John Cena, allegedly, I didn't see him. And Catherine O'Hara in her first of at least two appearances on this list. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard plays a novelist whose stories prove to be too close to the truth for a sinister underground syndicate who puts a hit out on her. And Sam Rockwell plays an espionage agent saying he's there to defend her, but he may have nefarious means. Um, this just looks fun as hell. It does. It does. Uh, first of all, I love Sam Rockwell. I love this genre. You know, uh, Night and Day was good. Romancing the Stone, that type of thing. I love this genre. But, you know, uh, uh, the fact that 
the fact that they put a cat in a in a in a backpack window cat carrier throughout the movie and it looks like it just becomes a, a thorn in Sam Rockwell's side all through it. Because it doesn't look like by God they shouldn't kill the damn cat off. Like the cat should go through this and pretty much unscathed. I think the cat'll be okay, yeah. Yeah. Because that's that's the tone that it seems like they're going with is it's just a it's literally there for a well, whatever you want to call it. But uh uh but yeah this one I'm looking forward to. I I like the trailer. I love this one. This one's kinda cool. It's fun. Jay like thoughts? I'll I'll probably watch it on streaming. Like it looks good. It doesn't I, I saw again this preview for before um Godzilla minus one. And I was like, this is seems fun and interesting, but it to me it it the visuals played too close to the Kingsman. Well well understandably. Yeah. I, I, I like the Kingsman. Well I like the first Kingsman. Uh the third like one was the, great. See, I tried to watch the third one several times. I keep falling asleep during the damn movie. I tried three times and I've never made it through. X Men uh, first time. I'm a big fan of Matthew Vaughn in general, and uh, yeah, it it looks very within his wheelhouse of that irreverent spy action comedy thing, uh, which I, is not a complaint. Um, it's yet again. Henry Cavill playing some kind of secret agent that isn't freaking James Bond already, because I don't know why we keep just pussyfooting around that. Um, but I'll see it. Um, I'm curious how much they're going to blur the line between reality and, like, I don't think Henry Cavill's actually in the movie. I think he's there as, like, she, he's the character in her book. So, like, when she's yeah. writing or describing or reading her book is when he'll show up. I don't think he's, like, an actual character. And I think there's going to be a bit of a juxtaposition of what she imagines a, a secret agent to be like, being Henry Cavill, yeah. and then Sam Rockwell being like, here's the real, quote-unquote, uh, a secret agent. Um, at least that's the vibe I get from it. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I am pumped for this. I love Matthew Vaughn. Uh, I hope he gets back around to doing at least one more Kingsman movie and kind of capping that off. Um, but if he just wants to keep making quirky spy action comedies, I'm fine with that too. Plot twist, Sam Rockwell is Argyle. Actually, I'd say plot twist, uh, Sam Rockwell is the author. Yeah, she's the one that writes the books, sends them to her, then she proofreads them and sends them in to her name. They've just never met before. Okay. That'd be a plot twist. Don't tell me it's not a plot twist. Agent Argyle is the cat. Colin probably what it would end up being. <clears throat> she goes to sleep and the cat comes in and types up the story at night. Let's put it pause. It takes a while. All right, moving on. Boys, I can't wait to get your takes on this. This is the first of what will be three or four appearances from the ill-advised Sony universe of Spider-Man. The Sony Spider-Man universe. The SSU as everybody calls it, because it's so hugely popular. Guys, I know you've been clamoring for this, okay? We are finally getting a standalone, independent of Spider-Man, Madam Web movie. Dear Sony, <laughs> stop. Scott, I need Just... you to mark 
Mark that time. I, I need that clip. Stop. Uh, you can't that? have Spider-Man villains without fucking Spider-Man. Just stop. God damn it, Sony. How did you not learn your lesson yet? No, no. Because I looked at this list. There's like eight fucking more of these things. Ooh, let's throw in Craven the Hunter this year, too. Spoilers now. Don't, don't get ahead of us now. Jesus Christ. When I saw Madam Web on the list, and I can't remember who I was describing this list to, and uh, it might have been my buddy at school, um, Commander Cody, who... Uh, Commander Cody? Uh, he's like, I was explaining to him that Sony has the rights to Spider-Man-ish, but can't make Spider-Man movies. So they no. make Spider-Man villain movies. No, they can make Spider-Man movies. Yeah, Why don't completely. they just fucking put Spider-Man... Oh, here's an idea. Maybe call up Marvel and be like, hey, Marvel, do you want to, well, you know, when some of these guys? Sony owns the film rights to Spider-Man and all Spider-Man characters lock, stock, and barrel. Marvel can't do Spider-Man without Sony. Sony doesn't need Marvel to do Spider-Man. As long as they put something out every three to five years, they retain the rights. So, again, I'm with you, Jay. Capitalizing on Spider-Man characters? Sure. But is this the Spider-Man character? When Sony first went nuts back during like Amazing Spider-Man 2 and they were going to like build up to a Sinister Six movie, that was a good idea. I would have watched a Sinister Six movie. Okay, cool. Sure, fine. I'll watch that. Spider-Man has enough characters, enough spin-off characters. You could do an entire universe of just Spider-Man characters. You could do it. But then they went they went crazy and started announcing all kinds of projects. And of all the ones they announced, there, there was going to be a, a uh, Aunt May prequel movie. There was going to be a Silver Sable movie. And then they announced Madam Web. And those were three of the projects. I was like, I guarantee you none of those are seeing the light of day. I was right on two accounts. For some fucking reason, they are full steam ahead on Madam Web. And look, I'm a pretty big Spider-Man fan, okay? But even I had to Google some of these people. Uh, Dakota Johnson is playing Cassandra Webb, a.k.a. Madam Webb, who, if you're a person of our age, you know is the old white-haired lady from the Spider-Man cartoon who shows up and wax philosophic and gives him cryptic messages about the future. Uh, yeah, it's Dakota Johnson now, apparently. Who's yeah, I know saving- White hair lady from the comics. Uh, yeah, she she's now she can somehow see into the future or possible futures, and she has to save three other potential Spider Women: um, Julia Carpenter and Maddie Franklin, who are both Spider Woman, different versions of Spider Woman in the comics, and uh, Aranya, who I'd heard of but didn't really wasn't familiar with. Uh, save them from the villain Ezekiel Sims. You know, that famous Spider-Man villain, Ezekiel Sims. Who's never once seen wearing a Spider-Man suit in the comics, yet as soon as he shows up in this movie, is wearing a color-reversed Spider-Man suit. So it's mostly blue with some red? Well, it's like black and red highlights. Yeah, it's like, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Miles, um, my, yeah, Miles Morales type Spider-Man suit, kinda. It, it, it boggles my mind. Like, look, there are some. I don't think Venom should be done without Spider-Man, but he could be done without Spider-Man. 
Um, Not the way they're doing it. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that shit later. There are characters who, like, Morbius wasn't a bad choice of a character from a Spider-Man to do as a standalone movie, because his origin doesn't really have anything to do with Spider-Man. Yeah. Now, he, they handled that movie horribly. He was kind Sorry. of a standalone character before he became kind of wedged into the Spider-Man books. Yeah, and, and he crossed into he was a Blade villain as much he was as yeah. he was a Spider-Man villain. And so, so characters like that, okay, I can see kind of kind of I can even kind of I don't think it's a good idea, but I can even kind of see doing Craven. Uh we'll get to that later. Uh but this one is one of those none of these characters work without Spider-Man. Which has brought the internet to and I don't want to bring this up because I think it's bullshit but there's an internet theory that they're bringing back Andrew Garfield to appear as Spider-Man in this movie and that Andrew Garfield in the SSU will be the default Spider-Man so that um, uh, Tom what's his name can go be Spider-Man in the MCU even though they spent an entire damn movie stripping Tom Holland out of the MCU, uh, which is another thing that pisses me off. And I know we're not on this topic of the topic, but you mentioned the Sinister Six. Like, I don't know what movie makers and writers have against giving us the Sinister Six, but Spider-Man No Way Home, you come within a hair's width of giving us the fucking Sinister Six. We were one short. One. One short. Exactly. And you don't give us another one. You didn't even give us a day. If you just brought in the one MCU Marvel villain, the one MCU Spider villain, the Vulture, you'd have had a Sinister Six. You could have had a knockdown drag out fight and you could have had, you know, you could have you would have had the Vulture, you know, been the one that turns against the others to help him because you've already planted that seed that he's a decent guy at heart. You just, you know. I don't know. It's just, it just pissed me off. No, you, you know what a better use of Michael Keaton's time would be, Scott? <laughs> if we threw him in a random, half-assed, thrown-together scene at the end of Morbius. I didn't watch Morbius, so I didn't see the scene. He shows up in suit, because we couldn't actually get Michael Keaton to come back, and and he runs into Morbius on the middle of an empty, abandoned highway. So goes, hey, I don't know how I got here. I think it has something to do with that Spider-Man. But, you know, I think some guys like us had a team up. Cut to black. Wow. Tell Alrighty. me you have no fucking idea what you're doing without telling me you have no fucking idea what you're doing. Um, so, like, I don't want to harp on this too much. I think we're all in agreement on, on this one. Uh, if I see Madam Web at all, it will be in the same spirit that I saw Fant Forstick, which is the I have to see how bad this is. It, it's yeah. So, consider me your canary in the coal mine on this one. Because, yeah, I'll pass. I don't blame you. Okay, moving on. We are now in March. March 1st, to be exact. A movie that was supposed to come out in 2023, but then some stuff happened, and now it's coming out in 2025. We are getting, finally, the second half of Dune. Sorry, I mean Dune Part 2. I didn't see part one, so what the what the fuck? Why didn't I see part one? Yeah, I didn't really care that much. I haven't seen part one. Oh my god! 
I mean, Sorry. you know, Dune is okay, and you know, but without Dean Stockwell and Patrick Stewart, and what the hell's the point? Sorry. Sure. Yeah, you can give me that face all you want, but that's I, I love the original. We're bringing back Timothy. Bring it back, Timothy Chalamet, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Batista, Zendaya, uh, Javier Bardem, joining them as Austin Butler, aka Elvis, uh, Florence Pugh, Leah, Sid- I can never say his name, Sidhu, Sadow, and if this doesn't get Scott excited, I don't know what will, as the Emperor of the Universe, Christopher Goddamn Walken. Uh. That face is exactly the reaction you should have to Christopher Walken is playing the Emperor of the Universe in Dune Part 2. Yeah. From uh, Denny Villeneuve, who did Arrival and Blade Runner 2049, uh, and Dune Part 1, obviously. Um, really great filmmaker. Um, I am pumped. Dune Part 1 was awesome. It was on my top 10 list of 2022 or 21 or whatever it came out. Um my biggest gripe with part one was it was part one. Uh, they made a very ballsy move of cutting the book in half, only making half of the book without a green light for ever doing a part two. Um, and there was a very real chance we never would have gotten a part two because this was when um, that jackass, whose name I can't remember, was in charge of Warner Brothers and he decided to put out the entire Warner Brothers release schedule day and date on HBO Max. Because this movie, Dune Part 1, was relying on big box office to convince Warner Brothers to greenlight and budget Part 2. It almost didn't happen. (sighs) Thankfully, it did. So we'll finish the damn movie. Uh, In fact, now it's a complete 180. Warner Brothers is so excited they've already uh, started working on a screenplay for Part 3. Which I assume will just adapt the next book in the the saga. But Jay, it's top-notch sci-fi. I do want to watch Dune Part 1. I know I have it. Like, I can watch it, I think, on HBO Max. But I just um, haven't gotten a chance to watch it, so. Well, we're just going to move on then. I'm hyped. I can't wait for this movie. Again, Part 1 was fantastic. Visually stunning. Action was great. Characters were interesting. The only problem with Part 1 is it's Part 1. It doesn't really have an end. It just stops. And I hope you don't watch it for Zendaya because she's in it for about 10 minutes. So hopefully she's in this one more. (laughs) Earn some of that paycheck. Um, Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Moving on, then. March 8th, a movie that maybe Jay's a little more excited for because I know he's seen at least the first one. Jay, are you ready? It is perhaps the conclusion to the epic martial arts masterpiece of our age. Kung Fu Panda 4. Skip. Wow. But it's Jack Black. I I don't care. They Dustin Hoffman. The first one was uh-huh. h- hilarious and refreshing and it was like a unique take on the perspective and I enjoyed it and it was comedic and I I laughed. Um I you know, I was sad when the turtle tortoise guy drifted off into cherry blossoms you know and dustin hoffman did a great job it's it's a i really enjoy kung fu panda after that i could i'm pretty sure i saw kung fu panda 2 and it was not memorable to me 
there was a peacock that had like blade feathers or something. It was a kung fu peacock, and that alone put it on my top ten list of that year. I I haven't seen three. I know there's more pandas in three, and now there's a fourth one. But apparently, Shifu is returning in the fourth one. Um, I guess allegedly. Poe, as he becomes the spiritual leader of the Valley of Peace, must find the next dragon warrior to take over for him while simultaneously fighting a new villain called the Chameleon. It's got Aquafina in it, and, and Viola Davis, and Kihu Aquafina, like the water? No, no. Really? Come on. You can do better than that. Yeah, I would have yeah, What's well, got? I would have thought the water too, but then again, I've okay. never seen Kung Fu Panda or any of its sequels. Okay, then. So we're not excited for this. Are you excited for this? I didn't know they were still making Kung Fu Panda movies. So this was kind of a, this was one of the ones where I put the list together and I was like, wait, what? Is that for real or is this just like IMDb has it posted? Uh, no, it's real. It's happening. Um, there's a couple others on this list that I was like, that can't be real. That's got to be somebody who read that shit on IMDb and posted it. Uh, but no, everything on this list is legit a movie in some stage of production. I'll say that. Uh, they all have official release dates. So, all right, we'll move on from Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu. From Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu. I can't stop now. Fuck. We're moving on from the panda who does karate chops. Uh, March. March 29th, 2024, Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire. Never heard of it. I am so excited to see a follow-up to the girls' movie. Uh, I want to know what they're doing, you know, where they've been, what's going on with them uh, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I love 2016's Ghostbusters, the one with the girls. That was a great yeah, movie. Yeah, answer um, the call. Yeah, yeah. Every, no, 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 no. The one with the girls. That's what it's called. Oh, That's what girls. everybody fucking calls it. The one with the girls? Uh, As if there were no female characters in any Ghostbuster movie prior to 2016. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this is one of probably three movies I will go see in theaters this Oh, season. there it is. That's our first. Jason will go out and see it. It gets a gold star. Uh, let me quick rattle off some information. So the entire cast of Ghostbusters Afterlife is returning. That's McKenna Grace, Logan Kim, Paul Rudd, Finn Wolfhard, Carrie Coon, Celeste O'Connor. Uh, the OGs are back. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson. Joining them is Patton Oswalt and Kamal Nanjiani. Uh, listed on IMDb is Annie Potts. Um, well, I hope she's back, but I hadn't seen or heard anything about it. And cover your ears because some nerds on the internet think this is a spoiler, but Dickless himself, William Atherton, will be back in this movie. Um, directed by Gil Kennan, who co wrote Afterlife, produced by uh, uh, Jason Reitman, who co wrote directed Afterlife. Um, this is, yeah, it's the follow up to Afterlife. It was described as by Kamal Nanjiani in an interview. He said they, the, the, the filmmakers were tr- looking to make, quote, a long episode of the cartoon series. Oh, yeah. See, that's... I don't know. It's the fact that, that this entire production team is a fan and grew up with the real Ghostbusters the same as we did. So, you know, uh, I, 
I don't even know what to say. I'm just, I'm excited for it. Uh, I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Uh, Very nice. Yeah, uh, everything about this. I, I do have a complaint about all this shit on the damn internet that has been uh-uh. coming out. Uh-uh. Because everybody has picked up that damn quote and ran with it. Of, it's the first Ghostbusters movie post-Gozers. The post-Gozerian world. Of, yeah, I guess what the second movie was fucking post-Gozer. Well, second one retroactively was in between Gozer, so it was uh, whatever Latin for in between is. Yeah, but no, yeah, no. In 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 Gozerian Ray, that's what it was. It was. Uh, no, it, look, me and Grit did an entire hour and a half breakdown of a two minute trailer for this episode. I don't want to harp on it too much. Yeah. And we could have gone longer because it was me and Grit, man. We got fucking nitpicky with that shit. We, we went frame by frame through that stuff. It's great. So if you really want to dive in to a two-minute trailer with some Ghostbuster nerds, that's on this channel. Go look it up. I'm just going to say I, I am over the moon excited for this movie. Um, the fact that we're getting another Ghostbusters movie is awesome. The fact that, that it's being modeled off the cartoon, which is just here's another case the Ghostbusters are working on. Um, will it follow their threads from Afterlife? Obviously, yes. Uh, are we getting returning cast members? Yes. Uh, will they be the focus of the movie? Probably not, but that's fine. They don't need to be. Uh, the fact Very that we're getting new ghosts, but if, if this is the template going forward for the franchise, I'm in. I love this plan. Like Scott said, we're excited to be a part of it. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't need to dwell on this, but I'm going to because I'm me. So yes, we're excited for Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. What a shocker. Uh, Sorry. Uh, one of four. Okay. Well, that is. Yeah. The... Go ahead. Uh, as I say, we're going to get William Atherton, you know, coming back to enlist the Ghostbusters' help uh, as uh, official representative of the PCOC. It's going to be great. Don't don't bring don't bring PCOC into this, okay? Oh, we yeah. finally get something called Peacock in the Ghostbusters realm, and it has to be. William Atherton, <laughs> Walter Peck's freaking made-up company. Yes, yes, it is. Which kid love to tease me about. Good Such a killjoy, Peacock. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, we are now in April, boys. Uh, and Jay, I think this might be our second Jail Go See in theaters movie. April 12th. Uh, no longer versus their buddies now, Godzilla X-Kong, the new empire, described as, <clears throat> quote, plot kept under wraps, unquote. So that sounds exciting. I saw the trailer. Um, my, my expectations have been levied considerably with regards to Godzilla and Kong after their last movie. So it's like they're size they're the size of skyscrapers yet they stand on the deck of an aircraft carrier cuz it uh, looks cool. Yeah. So yeah, look, Godzilla versus Kong was Transformers levels of bad. So the fact that the same director is doing this one doesn't get me all that excited for it. The fact that we're getting another one at all is kind of awesome cuz I fully expected Godzilla versus Kong to be the end of the the legendary Warner Brothers Godzilla stuff, um, but it made money. Uh, even for a pandemic, it it, it made money. 
Um, so we're now back to, to watch Godzilla and Kong team up yet again to take on some kind of a threat from the hollow earth. Um, internet says Mothra might be back, but that's unconfirmed. Uh, I think the bad guy is just another bigger gorilla. Cause it's expensive to license characters from Toho. So they're just making them up now. Yeah. Not being that original with them. The only reason I would go see this in theaters is to explain experience it in theaters so does this get the j will go see it star we'll give it a half star half star because the chances are i'm gonna say that there's a high probability you will see this before i do and then you will put out your one sentence spoiler free review and i will read it and go never mind and then not waste my time and energy to go see it in theaters I will now not post a review until Jay has seen this movie. Well, don't do that. <laughs> I'll write it and then hold it. Oh, Scott, any thoughts on Godzilla X Kong? Good lord. Just stop already. Just stop. Just watch the original movies if you want to see Godzilla. Stop making American Godzilla. Stop making fucking monster movies. They're annoying, they're crappy, they all follow the same exact format, and they're all disappointing. You had a perplexed look on your face when I said that they were the size of skyscrapers and then stood on an aircraft carrier? Yes. Because that's what happens in Godzilla vs. Kong. No, no, I'm not not worried. I figured that. No, no, no. What I'm curious about is... Buoyancy of an aircraft carrier? No, not that. I mean, that comes into play. Was, because... So... Like with Godzilla, I'm not fully on, but like, like I, I would not say that King Kong is the size of a skyscraper because he literally, in his, you know, titular movies, he climbs the inside Empire State Building, so he is yes. most definitely smaller than a skyscraper. Did, did you see? Um, did you see uh, Skull, Skull Island? Island? I did. I don't remember much about. They it. they describe him as still growing. John C. Riley says he's still growing. He's just a baby. Yeah, and then when when he doesn't like when he's getting shipped off of Skull Island, he's on yeah. like a giant, uh, uh, like a big container like a type, like it's a big a barge, container type vessel. Yeah, and you know that. Yeah, and then yeah. and then he fights Godzilla at his equal height to Godzilla on an aircraft carrier, and yeah. then when they fight in the city, they are also equal height but taller than skyscrapers. See, I didn't see the movie, so, but it, yeah. hey, I didn't see the movie, which is why I didn't say anything. I was just, I was just running some, some past stuff what I didn't know in my head. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, but yeah, if, uh, I'd have to see the movie to weigh in, but it sounds like their scale keeps shifting in the movie. Yes, they, they definitely play fast and loose with the scale. But I, we'll say this, it, it, it was always intended for Godzilla the reason Scott Allen takes place in the 70s is so they could do a Kong movie and set up Kong, but then have him grow to be big enough to fight Godzilla. Now, scale within the movie itself, I haven't watched it in a while to to go back and try to debunk. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say everything leading up to this movie, so 2014's Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, Godzilla King of the Monsters, uh, those were amazing movies. Legit. I love every one of those movies. They're, they're phenomenal. They're very well done. Uh, they bring everything you'd want from a kaiju movie for American audiences anyway. 
Uh, unless you're someone who cares about human characters, in which case, I don't know why you're watching Godzilla. It's called Godzilla. Um, yeah. I, and then, and then the Godzilla versus Kong came out and I was, you can ask Whitney. I fucking ranted angrily about the movie on the drive home. I was so let down by that movie. And there's the, the, yeah, I get it. They're big monsters who punt have punch-ups. I get it. It's goofy. It's dumb, but the first three movies treat them seriously. Yeah. There's jokes and comedy and stuff, but they take the subject seriously. Godzilla versus Kong, I can't say it enough, felt like a Transformers movie. It what worries me about the direction it's going is 2014 Godzilla and then Godzilla King of the Monsters. Those two movies and Kong Skull Island. They sort of like have the lore and like the realistic sort of reactions that I think people would have if kaijus existed. And in you know in this world they do exist, um, but I think what's happening is the the next movies Godzilla versus Kong and I hate to say it but Godzilla X Kong these two I feel like are going the same way that Toho did with its craziness in like the sixties with like mini Godzilla and like baby you know baby Godzilla and all that is just did you say Godzuki. Yeah. Yeah, all those movies are like classics. They're great. <clears throat> um, so I, I I remember watching I watched Kong Skull Island. I remember enjoying Kong Skull Skull Island. I, I it did. It's great. I'm not I'm not big on monster movies, but I did like Skull Island. I don't remember much about it. I'd have to rewatch it. I do remember watching and I know it's not part of this series, but the uh the Peter Jackson King Kong with uh, Jack Black and everything. That was okay. I didn't mind that. Great movie. Uh, um, I did not see Godzilla King of the Monsters or Godzilla vs. Kong. I didn't see either of those. So, Did you see the 2014 Godzilla? No. The last okay. Godzilla movie that I saw was the one 1998, with... 1998, Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick and uh, uh, Frank Azaria. Frank yeah, we don't, we don't talk about that one. That's 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 Zilla, not Godzilla. Retroactively, yeah. Yeah, <sighs> I, I saw that one. That's the last Godzilla that I've seen. Well, we'll bone you up, Scott. We'll get you some good Godzilla movies. Uh, that being said, look, the fights are always fun, even in God, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, where I was upset by the movie overall. The fights were cool. Um, and, and seeing them team up against Mechagodzilla was cool. Um, so I'll go see this. It's one of the few movies Whitney will probably go out and see because she loves Godzilla. Um, so there you go. Half a J will go see it. Star. Um, the next one on the list is kind of a technicality. This movie is not getting a theatrical release. Um, I've, I was going to bring it up, but I don't think either of my co-hosts have watched the first one yet, so we'll probably gloss over it. I, um, will, I will, though. I want to watch the first part. Okay. Rebel Moon Part 2, The Scar Giver. Uh, this is Zack Snyder's uh, Screw You, I'll Make My Own Star Wars with Hookers and Blow movie. Um, part 1 came out in December. Excuse me. Uh, part two comes out in April. Uh, part one was kind of a hot mess. 
as you'd expect, with Zack Snyder projects. Uh, the characters were, it would be generous to call them one note. They were there. Um, they all get their cool little intro. It's Seven Samurai in Space, which, yes, has already been done. Battle Beyond the Stars. Um, but I'm hoping the second movie will get into a little more of the characters and have a bit more actual story, not just plot. Um, so I'm intrigued. Um, and Jay, sounds like uh, you'll watch them both back to back, apparently. I could, yeah. Why not? Yeah, this will be direct to Netflix. Uh, this will not be in theaters. Living on the edge. And Scott has no comments, so we're just going to move right along. Yeah, I know. I've, I've, I've heard bad things about it. I've heard okay things about it. Uh, have I written it off? No, I have not written it off. I just, I'm kind of on the fence on if I want to watch it or not. Believe the okay stuff. So. It's not terrible. It's not sucker punch levels of terrible. I don't know. All right. But yeah. Yeah, like the great Justin Timberlake once said, it's going to be May, and we are now in May. So, kicking things off, May 3rd, a movie I expect Scott Cox to have an opinion on, damn it. We are getting uh, in a trend that I thought was dead, and I think we've covered in a past episode. If not, we're going to have to. Uh, the trend of old TV shows being resurrected as big budget movies. Uh, we are getting. The Fall Guy, with oh. Ryan Gosling taking over the role from Lee Majors. Uh, he's a stuntman um, tasked with finding the star of the big movie he's working on after the star goes missing to help his ex-girlfriend, who was the director of the film. Uh, directed by David Leach, Lech, who did John Wick, Atomic Blonde, uh, Hobbs and Shaw, and Bullet Train. And that pedigree alone is enough to get me to watch this movie. And... Yes, Scott, the truck and Lee Majors will make an appearance. Yeah, I'm I'm not worried about that. I just so this is this is what kills me with the whole TV show being made into a movie thing is they take a simple premise that worked and was great and they just fuck it up. They just make it overcomplicated and stupid and, and everything else like that. And uh because uh, in the show, I liked the show. I loved the Fall Guy. It was fun because literally it was you know Lee Majors played uh, Colt Seavers, you know the main character. He was a stunt man in Hollywood, and you know it's it's thankless work. He's not rich and everything, so he supplemented his income as a bounty hunter. That's it. He was just a bounty hunter on the side. He was you know dog the bounty hunter before dog the bounty hunter ruined bounty hunters, and. I mean, that was it. It was your standard 70s, 80s, you know, go go after somebody who's really innocent and help do the investigation to help them prove their innocence or or whatever have you. Case of the week thing. Case of the week type shit. And this wasn't, wasn't it? No. Huh? Sorry, wasn't Stephen J. Cannell, uh, the guy behind A-Team and um, oh, uh, a bunch of other shows I can't think of now? It's possible, honestly. I don't, okay. know, I have to look. I don't know who did it. But okay. this movie's got to bring it out, and they're like, oh, he's a stuntman who left the business because blah, blah, blah. But he gets called out of retirement to help his ex find the star. Why, why can't he just be a good-natured fucking stuntman who just bounty hunts on the side? 
you know. I love how you say that. Like that's a simple premise. What is I that? don't think he gets called out of retirement, though. I think he's just on the. Colt Seavers is a stunt man who left the business a year early to focus on both his physical and mental health. He's drafted back into service when the star of a mega-budget studio movie, which is being directed by his ex, goes missing. That's the plot description. That being said, having watched the trailer, some of that doesn't quite add up. But I think what they're doing here, Scott, is trying to come up with how did a stunt guy end up becoming a bounty hunter. Because stuntman work probably pays dick and he just needed a second job. to Right. And of all the myriad of other jobs to find in Hollywood, he goes to Bounty Hunter. Now, I get if you're just trying to come up with the premise of a show. That's great. If you're trying to be realistic, mechanic. Yeah. Waiter. And no, I, I agree. If you wanted to tell an origin story of how he picks up this side gig. Cool. That's awesome. But this this. I don't know this this whole thing of I don't know he's drafted back out of retirement or something. Once again, I haven't seen a trailer or anything. I'm just going by what the plot description I've got here is, and um, I liked um, I, I I enjoyed the Fall Guy. I enjoyed the theme song. The theme song was fun. Um, I did give the trailer a uh, deducted a half star for not using the theme song, although the, someone does quote part of it in the trailer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to watch this. I, I, but on the, on the uh, sorry, on, on the on the off chance, uh, or not the or not off chance, but on the the other side, I do like Ryan Gosling. You know, like I like the cast, uh, so it's intriguing me. And I did I did not know that was the plot description. I just was basing it off of what I had seen from the trailer. And really? in the trailer, yeah, in the trailer, it does not seem like he's out of retirement. Like, no, in the trailer, it, they definitely don't sell. That side the retirement of retirement thing. Part yeah. of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the trailer looks like he just got hired to work on this movie and then oh the director happens to be his ex-girlfriend. Yes. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's where so. my discrepancy is because I didn't know that was the actual plot description. Yeah. Which I, I was just basing it off the trailer, which I'd seen a few times. So also has Winston Duke. Um again, the fact that, that this is the project David Leach chose to do. Um it looks great. It looks like a fun movie. Um, and the, uh, I was curious, and I looked it up. But yes, Lee Kinda Majors does. is in the movie somewhere. Yeah, he's, so he's, how he's, they're going to work him in, I'm very curious about. Well, and he doesn't have a character name. Nope. So I'm 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 finding that very curious because if he was playing like Brian Gosling's dad, I think they would call him Stan Sievers or whatever, you know, like or they want to leave it. They just want to leave it a mystery. uh, But the only reason for leaving it a mystery is if you're trying to do some kind of retro, like uh, the, 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 the movie that did it well is um, uh, Maverick where they have James Garner in it. And it turns out he's playing the same character. It's just that the new Brett Maverick is his son and everything. I was thinking like um, the shaft remake with Samuel Jackson, where they reveal that Richard Roundtree is his uncle. I did not see that. Okay. But yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'd be interested in seeing this one. Yeah, I'd, 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 look, I'd, I'd watch this. Time out. Okay. So if I'm going by the list you sent us, uh-huh. I have a good feeling I know what's next. And if it's okay. what I know what's next on the list, you can go ahead and put two gold stars next to it and say that it's the Doc's birthday present to himself. 
Okay, well, there's only two others in May. So do you just want to go ahead and introduce the one you think it is? Is it is it the origin story of a character from Mad Max? That 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 can be next because the next two have the same release date, apparently. So. Oh, see, I didn't know that. See, I was just going by the order in the text that you sent. It's all good. Roll with it, Jay. What do you got? Two gold stars. Furiosa. Hell yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've watched this trailer. I'm going to see this movie. If not the day it comes out, definitely the weekend of it. So what is its release date anyway? May 24th, Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. The origin story of the character from Mad Max Fury Road. So my birthday's a week before that. So I guess I'll go I'll go the next weekend as a gift to myself. So I'll probably see it in theaters twice, like I did with Mad Max. Cause uh, I love George Miller and I love what he does with uh these movies and his practical effects and it, the stunning cinematography and everything. I love it. I just love everything about it. I don't even need to see it, you know, the whole thing to know I'm gonna enjoy it. What do you think of Anya Taylor-Joy taking over for Charlize Theron? Um, I'm not sure who Anya Taylor-Joy is. I I know. Was she in the, was she in Mad Max? No. Oh. Wait, she's in Fury she's, Road. Well, she's, the no, 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 no. The character is in Fury Road. Yeah. It's a new actress playing that character. Yeah, is the actress in Fury Road? No. No. Oh, all right. She looked like one of the um, the breeders. I'm sorry that I don't know her from anything else right it's now. Okay. It's I'm, okay. I'm sorry. How about Chris Hemsworth as Dementos? Ah, yes. He, oh, is he the one that makes great. you full of life? Is he the one that what? Makes you full of life. You know, Dementos makes you full of life. I've seen those guys. Uh, it is now. From what I've seen from the trailer... He he's selling that craziness. He's selling that post-apocalyptic crazy world. I get like a I get like a um uh Jason hockey mask guy uh, from uh the Road Warrior. Um the humongous? He, yes. Like him blended with like a little bit of a Morton Joe with a little bit of the main the first uh guy from uh well, I actually know more of um, not Whitney Houston. Tina Turner. Tina Turner from Beyond uh, Thunderdome. Beyond Thunderdome. Like a, it's like a blend of those things, and I like his craziness. And when I watched the preview the first time, I was like, "That's Chris Hemsworth." It looks like he's really getting to just like they just let him off the chain for this one. Like as, as much yes. as he's sort of been getting into more quirky and over-the-top kind of sort of comedic roles with, with some of his choices. It looks like this movie is just like, yeah, you know what, Chris? Just go nuts. There's no ceiling. Literally, we're in the desert. Go as big as you want. Um, and that'll be fun to watch, I'm sure. And I, I, my guess is that Charlize Theron is, was too either too expensive or past the age limit they were trying to portray in this movie to recast her. Yeah, I don't think there was ever an intention to bring her back for this because because it's set so earlier in her life. It, the only yeah. other, you're either casting a 50 year old to play a 20 year old, or you're spending crazy money on de aging effects, which George not, Miller was never going to do. So it's not yeah. necessary either. 
No, and I just, that's why I love Anya Taylor Joy in this role is I think she she first of all she's an amazing actor and second she has enough of a similar look you could buy she's the younger version of that character. Um, I also think she's going to spend most of the movie with both arms because that's also an expensive visual effect to do. But uh, I'm down for it. I'm down for more of the Mad Max world. Uh, I don't care if George Miller takes 10 years between movies. If they're all as good as Fury Road, uh, I'm down for it. I know a lot of people are bitching because Max is in this movie. And it's like, yeah, well, we already had four movies with Max. So let's you know spin what? off the world of Mad Max a little bit. You, you know, I mean... So I'm 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 not on the fence is the wrong word. I'd I'd like to yeah. see this movie, but at the same time, if I want another movie in the Mad Max world, I I I want more Tom Hardy Mad Max. I know we've already had three movies, four movies, sorry, with Mad Max as the character, but we've only had one with Tom Hardy, and Tom Hardy did not really do a lot as Max in Fury Road. I mean, he drove and he was there, but it was. Really, at least as far as I could feel, Charlize Theron's character's movie, you know, I wanted going forward when he did another one, I was really hoping to see an, an, an another like a Tom Hardy Mad Max movie. Uh, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, again, if George Miller wants to take 10 years to between movies, that's fine. Uh, I think he really was interested in the character of Furiosa, and I think this is sort of him giving, getting it out of his system. Um, the fact that it's called a Mad Max saga leads me to believe they're fine with spinoff yeah. movies of multiple characters within this same world. Yeah, um, and, and they the all world, have to be, yeah. Yeah, and the world definitely needs to have, it, it, it's big enough, it's, it's robust enough to support you know, stories in the world that don't have anything to do with Max. And, and I get that. So I'm, I'm, I, I would like to see this, but at the same time, I still want to see, you know, thing and see this, this just makes me want to play, you know, Gaslands uh, some more uh, or at all and stuff, but I got to make a table and I got to, I got to custom cars and stuff and everything, but damn it, whatever your fucking name is that writes these damn movies, you asshole making me want to play. Miller. Yeah. Make me want to play games and shit. Uh, I'm in the same boat as you, John. George Miller can make as many as he wants, with or without Max. I will go see it because, like I said, his practical effects, the cinematography, just the visuals, just everything about the movie. And he does a great job, I think, with characters, even when it's not Max. Because in this universe, people are batshit crazy, and not just Max is batshit crazy. So, and uh, selfishly, this might sound ridiculous, but I'm excited to see the War Boys in action again. You think we'll get the, the War Boys? Yeah, they're in the preview. Okay. They're in the trailer. I Like I said, I've seen this trailer so many times. They're in the trailer. They're So I think we'll get a, maybe not a lot of it, but some iteration of the original War Boys and... Some war boy action, a lot, uh, some on the road sequences again. See, now I want a Mad Max um, box set. Okay. Damn it. Well, I'm going to move on then to okay. our next one. Uh, so there you go. Not only a J will see it star, a double J will see it star. Uh, number one with a bullet. Sorry, number one with a can of chrome. 
Furiosa for Jay. Wetness! Wetness! Okay. Also currently scheduled to be released on May 24th is also a kind of a prequel, kind of a spinoff movie. Um, I hate this title, and I'm intrigued by the movie, but it'll let down by the movie. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Which will continue the story from the Planet of the Apes films after the death of Caesar. Um, this one is directed by Wes Bell. Sorry, Wes Ball, uh, not Matt Reeves, who did the last few of them because he's off making Batman movies. Um, it's been described as Apocalypto with Apes. Um, yep. I love the original Planet of the Apes movies. I have the box set. I've seen it many, many times. I saw the the who was it? Was it Mark Wahlberg? Was he in the 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 one remake? We yes. don't talk about that one, Scott. I know, but it, that was him, right? Yes, yeah, that was the Tim Burton one. Yeah, yeah. I re- I remember seeing that one. I know it has nothing to do with this series, but the problem is every time I see this series come up, I forget the series existed, and I cannot tell you any of the movies that are in this series. Like I, I don't know why I keep forgetting it exists. Well, prior to this, we had Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and then Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and then War for the Planet of the Apes, uh, which has nothing to do with the original Planet of the Apes, or Beneath the Planet of the Apes, or Battle for the Planet of the Apes, or um, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, or... Hey, those, those are all the original series. I love those movies. Or Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, no, I'm just saying, the naming scheme is getting a bit much kingdom of the planet of the just call it kingdom of the apes now it's got to be planet of the apes planet of the apes is your series that's like it's like taking a mighty ducks movie and going hey it's duck hockey six not calling it the mighty ducks it's like taking you know a new star trek movie and calling it i don't know green alien space hand First of all, Scott. First of all, where's Duck Hockey 4 and 5? <laughs> Nothing. Second, just, if you just... don't think for a second I would buy advanced tickets for a movie called Giant Green Space Hand, sir, you don't know me. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm not going to see this movie. The only thing I have to say about the Planet of the Apes series is I showed the OG Planet of the Apes to my film class first semester, and one of my students in that class asked for all of the Planet of the Apes movies for Christmas. And your he got kids, all of them. Your Did kids you know got good taste? Are? Like, he got, he said, I think it was like, he said there was nine movies. And so he got yeah, all... Series, yeah. yeah, he yeah, got yeah. all nine, and I said wait, was the Planet of the Apes with Mark Wahlberg in there too? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, man, that's a bad movie. And then I actually said to him today, I said, in study hall, because he's in my study hall, I said, it's not black hole bad, but it's bad. Shots fired. And he just goes, I'm going to watch it. How do we get get Jay off the show? Can we we just... We've been trying for years, man. He just keeps showing up. I mean... (laughs) Black Hole, bad. Black, uh, not a bad movie. Black Hole is a great movie, sir. I'll say this: um, what what has what sours me on this particular movie 
there's no Andy Circus. Uh, for me, the logical point would have been to have Andy Circus directing the next movie. Uh, they decided not to go on that route, so I'm a little soured by that. He was a huge part of why those first three were a success at all. Um, and by the first three, I mean the most recent three. Uh, the other thing that gets me is I've been saying pretty much since they they planted this seed in um, shit was it Rise was the first one, and then Dawn or Dawn and then Rise, but the one with with uh, um, young Caesar uh, where he first learns to talk and w- whatever that one was called. Um, they plant the seed. There's a little background thing of uh, a spacecraft that has lost contact, which is this this na- same name of the spacecraft that um, Charlton Heston is on in the original Planet of the Apes. And well, since they planted that seed, the only Apes movie I care about seeing, and I feel like this movie might be moving us more in that direction, because now we're way into the apes fully taking over the planet because we see humans in this movie basically the way we see them in the original movie uh, as like a lower evolved life form. Um, I want to see the events of the original Planet of the Apes from the perspective of the apes, which is what I feel like we've been building towards this entire series. Well, I mean, so I, I haven't watched like the actual, I haven't watched this series. But like I said, every time a movie comes out, I'm reminded it exists. So I have seen trailers. I've seen, you know, and it seems to me like this series has been a reimagining of the original story, but without all the time travel stuff. Like it just starts in the past with Caesar, you know, and then moves forward how the, the how the apes took over. And it'll ultimately end with the, the Charlton Heston part where you know the, the the human astronauts and we will see but um because in in the original series we start there and then there's a time travel part where two of the future apes come back in time they they have a kid and then that kid becomes caesar um mm-hmm. but this is taking that same story just throwing out the time travel aspect of it it's just you know we have caesar and we go forward right. and if they're doing that where i'm going with this is if they're doing that, if that's the intention of this series, the powers that be, whoever's guiding it, the original series had what seven movies, six or seven, something like that. Five, five, and the so this TV is show. okay. So, but this is movie number four. So maybe they were planning on having five movies again. I think and you're giving them way too much credit for planning any of this. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. You know. No, to me, that's the. It gives us a very interesting opportunity uh, because, yeah, the, the whole idea behind the original movie and then the the next two that followed it was telling how did we get to a planet of apes? And the first two were great. The third one stalls a little bit because it kind of just repeats stuff we've already seen. Um, but at the end of that, we're finally at like this apocalyptic event has already happened. Humanity is already pretty much on the outs. Apes are, are starting to evolve and they're starting to take over. This one is set, I don't know how far after. Um, spoiler, the death of Caesar in the third movie. Um, so we're, we're, we've moved to the point where like cities are now overrun with foliage. And he talks about like an old world people have forgotten. So it feels like we're getting closer to 
where those original movies start, which is ape society just is, and everyone just takes for granted there was ever anything prior to ape society. Um, so I feel like that's kind of the next step. And, and the thing I've wanted to see since that Easter egg was thrown in there was, oh, how interesting to be able to observe the, the, the same events of the original movie, the spacecraft full of humans who were intelligent and could talk and speak and understand mathematics and all this. And, you know, these living, walking uh, things that are contrary to our religion and our, our culture and all that uh, from the perspective of the apes. Yeah, so that, instead of, that intrigues me. Yeah, instead of instead of tracking on the astronauts from splashdown to them figuring it out, we we we're focusing on the apes as the main characters, and then we start getting reports of the humans that have been discovered and blah 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 blah. And yeah, yeah, I can see that. I need to see this series. I need to watch this series. You know, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, uh, that'll Fox tell you this is the planet of the apes um, msnbc of the planet of the apes and stuff yeah i need to watch these yeah the names get a little weird but uh i props for keeping the blank blank of the planet of the apes going for for a long since the 70s now uh, if they have kept that going uh, we, we have not devolved into just putting planet of the apes four like you know we're, we're good on you uh, Duck Hockey 6. Duck Hockey 6. Again, where's Duck Hockey 4 and 5, damn it? Hey, where's Leonard's part 1 through 5? I mean, you know. No one ever asked that question. No one who's ever seen Leonard part 6 ever walked out and said, man, I want to see parts 1 through 5 now. They walked out saying, what the fuck was that? Can I get my money back? Therein lies a series that needs to be rebooted. And yes, I'm calling it a series because it's part 6. We need a new Leonard movie, but an actual, all well, the actual Leonard, like what it's supposed to be. Like <laughs> that um, movie was so bad. Bill Cosby himself went on air on either Leno or Letterman or, or Carson or one of them shows and actively told people not to see it. <laughs> it was horrible. It was God. It was God awful. Duck Hockey 6, Bombay's Return. I'll watch the shit out of that. I just want to know where parts four and five are. I love Duck. I went down wrong. <laughs> you I love Duck it. Hockey. Yeah. Jason right. Statham is Duck Hockey. <laughs> well, boys, that brings us to June. Do you want to press through June or call it a day there and pick up next week? You know what? I tell you what, if we're going to split it into two, because we are running kind of long here, you know, on our stuff, not long yet, but we're, yeah. I say, let's do June. That splits us even at the year. And then we can do pick up July through whatever later. And we can talk about duck hockey part seven. (laughs) Six hasn't even come out yet. Okay. (laughs) So June uh, this one, I think, might get Jay. I know this will intrigue him. Let me see if he'll get him to go out and see it. Um, this is a movie that we've only seen a poster, and I'm not entirely sure it's an official poster. It might be a fan-made poster. The movie is called Ballerina. It is the first, well, sort of, uh, the first theatrical John Wick spinoff movie. This is a movie focusing on uh, a character played by Ana de Armas who was a ballerina, trained at the same school John Wick was trained at. 
Um, it is set between the events of John Wick 2 and 3. So, yes, Keanu is in the movie. Uh, so are Lance Reddick and Ian McShane reprising their roles from John Wick series. Uh, Norman Reedus, uh, Angelica Houston, and Gabriel Byrne will be joining them. Uh, directed by Len Wiseman, who did the Underworld series. Uh, Jay? John Wick spinoff? Huh? Uh, it's, it's like an if-then statement if you're programming a computer. If John Wick, then Jay will go see. Okay. If not John Wick, Jay will not go see. John Wick so, put butt in seat. So so Jay will not see uh, Furiosa? It's no not John, John Wick. Wick. According to your program code, you can't go see that movie now. For the ballerina. But we'll see, once again, your code, your, see, you've got you've to gotta establish variables. You've got to define your variables at the beginning of the code, Jay. That way the code can check the variable against that and then apply the logic to the variable anyway it intrigues me i had to look it up i was looking at ballerina and then i saw that it was a john wick spinoff so i was like yeah there's a good chance i'll go see that so i would again i'm gonna be a little not like leery of it but i'm gonna be a little leery of it and i'll give you some leeway because again other than a poster that may or may not be legit we there's no trailer we have not actually seen any footage from this movie. So it's hard to get excited about a movie without having seen anything from it. The yeah. premise intrigues me. Um, it's an interesting way to spin off and kind of keep the John Wick stuff going. Because um, I don't so know if you I'm, know this, but John Wick's dead. No, he's not. We'll find out when they come I saw out. saw that with, movie. He ain't dead. We'll, when they come out with John Wick 5, The Return of the Falcon. There's about 186 million reasons why John Wick's not dead. But transitioning to a new character to keep the universe going, where we can work John Wick into it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. <clears throat> yes. Scott had Sorry. something. No, I'm confused by something, and we can pick okay. it up af- after we get we get done. This is a yeah. Just, yeah. Okay. So yeah. It, it depends on, and I don't want it to be just focused on John Wick, but I would, I'll see it. Just guessing, I get the feeling it's her story, but sort of like in, was it the third John Wick where he had to go get help from uh, Holly Berry? Yeah. I, f- I feel like once her, her revenge thing kicks in, she's going to need help and she's going to, she's going to know John because they trained at the same school and she's going to call on a favor. A fucking pencil. Uh, I'm hoping right. we'll get at least one cool scene of her and John Wick kicking ass together, and then he can exit because the events of three are about to kick in, however they want to frame it. Um, but yeah, that's that's my guess. Uh, he'll be in it enough to throw him in the trailer to get butts in seats. Yeah. Um, so there. Uh, next, we have a sequel from Disney, and I think it's this Pixar one. Um, Inside Out 2. So Riley, the little girl from the first movie, uh, who, you know, it, it's it's all the emotions within her. It's very much a Cranium Command kind of movie, if anyone knows what Cranium Command was. Uh, she's now a teenager, and she's encountering new emotions. Uh, so we're seeing the return of Amy Poehler, uh, Louis Black, and Phyllis Smith. 
Uh, Mindy Kaling and Bill Hader are not coming back. They weren't paid enough. Um, but we're also seeing Maya Hawk coming in as Anxiety. And no, that's the only new emotion so far. Oh, we may also be getting Embarrassment, Envy, and Ennui, which is a fun word to say. Jay? I get hesitant about Pixar sequels that aren't named Toy Story. Like, okay, so Cars 2 trailer just a dumpster yeah. fire. Cars 3 serviceable. Yeah, no, no. Cars 2 was terrible, yeah. yeah. Cars 3 serviceable. Well, Cars 3 is what Cars 2 should have been, yeah. Yeah. Incredibles 2? A repeat of the same movie. I'm on the fence about so yeah, I get the mom getting out instead of the dad. Yeah, yeah. I get I, I so I get a little leery of um, Pixar sequels because I feel like Pixar really shines when they come up with a new and fresh idea and yeah. and sort of put that out to the world. But when they repeat, it's more of like a rinse and repeat of the same story. With again the exception to Toy Story because Toy Story, Toy Story two, Toy Story three. And Toy Story 4. And I will say 4 was the weakest of them all. Or dog shit and it does not exist in my head canon. Okay, but they all sort of had a different take on it. Um, and they they are all different enough in their own way. I'm just worried that Inside Out 2 is going to be more of the same sort of shenanigans that 1 was. And... Well, isn't that what every sequel is trying to be? It's more of what you liked? Yeah, but it doesn't work as well with Pixar movies, I don't think, that they... I'm intrigued. I think this is a solid premise for a follow-up because it's it's sort of built into the premise of the first movie. The first movie is sort of about uh, they're going through a move, and as a kid dealing with these emotions, you don't quite understand. Um, So as a kid transferring into teenagedom um i think the premise is solid what they do with it i don't know it might suck but i think the premise of this is is a solid premise to build a sequel on top of uh and look they got lewis black to come back as anger so for him alone i'll go see it so mindy kaling is not um gross or disgust and bill Hader's not uh fear is that right nope they they recast uh, new voice actors. The the two of them uh, would not return over financial disputes. Okay. Yeah. Sad. I know. Scott. So, first of all, I love Incredibles two. Yes, it's the same formula as the first movie. Just the mom gets out. I don't mind that. I enjoyed the film. I thought it was fun. Uh, Second, uh, I've never seen a Toy Story movie beyond Toy Story 2. Didn't even know there was a 3 and a 4, honestly. 3 is pretty great. 2 is the one where we introduce the the, uh, the the girl and the horse and the, the, the prospector who's pissed because the toy collector. Yep. Is never, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I've seen 2, and I like 2. I've never seen 3 or 4. Didn't even know there was a 3 and a 4. 3 is um, great. And then... When it comes to this movie, I didn't even know there was a one of this movie. I don't know what the hell it is. Never seen it. Never heard of it. Don't know anything about it. However, listening to what you all have said, based on what I've read, 
what you said about the movie and everything with the characters and stuff. You two need to see a three-season 1990s television show called Herman's Head. Because this is just a Pixar reimagining of Herman's Head. It's already been done. Herman's Head was awesome. Because, well, I'm old. I saw it first. And I'm curmudgeon. Get off my lawn! Damn it. I see your Herman's Head. And I raise you the Disney Parks attraction known as Cranium Command. This is Pixar ripping off Disney, sir. Parks attractions don't count. Sorry. Yes, they do. Nope. Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, Jungle Cruise. Yeah, the movies are great. Yeah. 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 Stuff based off of those, but you can't you can't say like Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean are remakes of the Disney. They're 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 just they're just based off of. I didn't say this was the remake of a Disney attraction. I said it's a ripoff of a Disney attraction. Somebody at Pixar went on Cranium Command thought, you know, that's a good idea. How can we do this? I'm going to copy your homework, but change it just enough so the teacher won't notice. I changed my name. And that is Inside Out. Mr. LePage will never be the wiser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And stuff. But, yeah, I've never I've never seen the original. I don't know anything about this movie. Eh. All right, then. Got me. Sorry. Last one for today, boys. Here we go. I'm kind of excited for this one. I'm a little confused by it because it's one of those ones I didn't know was a thing until I made the list. I love the A Quiet Place movies, A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place Part 2. I think it's a great premise for a horror survival movie. Uh, John Krasinski, I think, knocked it out of the park with his directorial debut. Um, The cast is phenomenal for both those movies. Great, cool sci-fi movies. A Quiet Place Day 1 comes out June 28th. Uh, It is written by, but not directed by, John Krasinski. It is said to take place in the first hours of the attack or invasion or whatever it is when the monsters that can't see but can hear come to earth uh starring lepita nyongo and uh digimon hansu who was reprising his role from the second movie as man on island that is his official name in the movie um i'm excited to see this franchise continue i never thought it would get a second movie but it did and the second movie was really good so i'm intrigued that they're on the third movie going prequel i think it's because krasinski was busy making his his movie um um if or if or whatever it's called his imaginary friend movie um so have you guys seen the quiet place movies i have not i haven't seen the second one i've seen the first one the first one's really really good didn't know there was a second one i knew a quiet place that's the only one i knew of it's right there in the name quiet place part two i didn't know I haven't seen the second one. I knew it was coming out, and then the pandemic hit, so then it got pushed, and I never got a chance to see it. Um, That's fair. I would like to see it, I guess, but I'm not sure how I feel about a third movie, and it's a prequel. It's not the same cast. It's not following the family, but it, it's it's it takes place earlier in the uh, when when the, the the creatures, monsters, whatever, first attack or get to Earth or. However, I'm assuming that's part of what it'll explore a little bit more is, is the background and origin of, of the creatures we see in the, in the movie. Um, we've got kind of a glimpse in, I think, the opening of A Quiet Place Part 2 starts sort of in the same time frame where we see the family early on in the, the, the attack. 
but that's just the opening of of the second movie. This this entire movie is set in that. But again, it's not following the family. It's new characters. So kind of a sequel, kind of a spinoff. It's not really the third quiet, you know, quiet place part three. It's just it's the third movie in the franchise. So again, no poster, no trailer, kind of hard to get excited. Um but we'll see what kind of legs the franchise has. Okay. With that, boys, that is halfway through 2024, but that is all the way through this week's episode. Uh, so there are the movies in the first six months of 2024 that we're excited about or don't care about or are bewildered as to who spent money to make. Uh, and the handful that Jay will actually go out to a theater and watch. Let us know what do you think of our picks. Are there any we left off you want to hear us talk about? We will be back next week with part two uh, that will pick up in July and carry us all the way through 2024. Until then, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert at the Movies.